You're listening to Get Justice Podcast, where two activists talk tech, culture, and social justice issues. Hello again. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been forever. I know. <laughs> How have you been? It's um, been a hiatus. It has, <laughs> but it's been busy, it feels. We've missed all of our listeners. It has been busy. We've missed you all deeply, and we've missed recording this podcast, so we're pumped to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to be back. What have you been up to? What have we been up to? Since we've been gone, we've been doing a couple things. We spent some time in Louisville to celebrate Women's History Month and to honor Breonna Taylor. That was a great weekend. It was very inspiring, and it definitely made me... I felt recommitted to my mission. Absolutely. It definitely was a recharge after some long winter months. Yeah. <laughs> it felt good to get actually like back out there and on the streets and ready for this summer. Oh man. So I think the biggest thing we can take a moment to celebrate because I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. Last summer in 2020, we Jordan and I did end up well, ooh, what's the right way to We got arrested. <laughs> Yeah, plain and simple. We got arrested. <laughs> we got arrested at a protest in Louisville and spent some t- an- all night in jail. Yeah. 15 a- hours. About 16 hours protesting for the murder of Breonna Taylor. To this day, we've spent more time in jail than the people who killed her. Yeah, it's wild. But update from that arrest, we did have... Two misdemeanor charges, disorderly conduct and obstruction of a highway. Yeah. So silly. I I can't say that with a straight face either. But thanks to some, a couple of incredible women lawyers. We recently had a court date and found out that all we will need to do is complete some community service and then our charges will be expunged. So... Thank you to our lawyers. Power to the people. Cheers to that. Yes. Can't wait to do it again. (laughs) Just in time to do it all over again. So speaking of the charges, one of the things we have to do in order to get our record expunged is community service. Perfect time to drop what else we've been doing. Some mutual aid work. Yeah. So we've also been, yeah, we've also been working with the local food pantry here in Indianapolis. Shameless plug, the No Questions Asked Food Pantry. Follow them, support them, volunteer Volunteer. for them. Yes. It's a great organization. Helping people with Indianapolis who are in need. No questions asked. They have food, they have baby supplies, hygiene supplies. If you need it, they got it. Yep. And all the people are great. So come hang out with us if you're, if you want something to do. Yeah. In addition to that, our tech company that we work at was acquired. It sure was. And <laughs> that has really picked up my workload. Same here. So with a tech startup <laughs> acquisition, our company was purchased by a larger body. So we we technically have new employers, but we're still at the same place. And everything is just crazy. It is. It's been fun, <laughs> but also it has made me very busy. Yeah. Are you stressed? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit, but <laughs> we just keep pushing. Yeah. and I'm, But I am happy that we're here, back doing our podcast, the thing that we love. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today's a good one. We are going to talk about police body-worn cameras. All right. The body cam. How do you feel about the body cam? We pushed hard for these, I remember. We really advocated for further police accountability, and yeah. one of those was the body cam. And... 
I don't know. I feel like now that they're here, I, I'm happy that they're here for accountability, but I'm not all the way sold. Yeah, I feel <laughs> you. I wasn't sold before, and I definitely am not after researching for this episode. I think that they can serve some good purposes, but overall, there's still a lot of flaws in the system. Totally. With the body cams. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. What is a body camera? A body camera, an officer-worn body camera. They're relatively small devices, and they record interactions between both the police and the community. When I say relatively small, think like the size of a deck of cards to even smaller. Yeah, they're really, sometimes they're hard to spot. If you're looking at a police officer, they're pretty small. They do tend to blend in with their dark uniforms. Yeah. So with these body cameras, they're typically worn in plain sight. So you can see it on the officer's uniform, typically on their chest. They may also be worn on their shoulder, on their lapel, sunglasses, or hat. Now this is from the Bureau of Justice Assistance. I don't think I've ever seen an officer wear it on their sunglasses, but maybe they do have high-tech sunglasses that we don't know about. Yeah, I only see the ones that are like on the lapel, I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if I've seen any on the hat. Yeah, I've only seen it on the chest and the shoulder as well. Yeah. So body cameras have always, or they've been a topic in recent times. Mm -hmm. But in 2014, after the murder of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, body cameras became a forefront topic again. So Michael Brown, he was murdered in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. He was an unarmed teenager who was shot six times by Officer Darren Wilson, and he was convicted of no charges. And a big reason to that was all of the eyewitnesses surrounding, they only had their testimony, their words in their eyes. With law enforcement, you can see how that works out. They always win. Yeah, and it's... In a game of he said, she said. Yeah, it's wild. But that moment sparked a lot of protests and activism. I remember that. Yeah, I was in Chicago in college at the time, and the Chicago scene was very supportive of Ferguson and that whole community. From 2015 to 2020, Congress and the Department of Justice spent $135.7 million for a grant program to help law enforcement agencies purchase body-worn cameras. That's a lot of money. (laughs) So much money. Yeah, that's so much money. From the time of Michael Brown's murder in 2014 up until 2020, nearly 8,000 police departments across the nation have outfitted their officers with body-worn cameras. Along with that, seven states have mandates for their officers to wear body cameras, and those states include California, Colorado, Connecticut, New Mexico, Nevada, New York, and South Carolina. That doesn't seem like very many... No, seven out of 50. In seven years. <laughs> seven out of 50 in seven years. Cool. That's enough in my book. Yeah. Cool. All right. Were you for body cams a couple years ago? When I didn't know what I know now, yes, I thought body cams would be a great idea. Because then at least people would see. It wouldn't be he said, she said. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of... I definitely thought that the fact that all police would have body cams. I thought that would make people feel safer. I thought that would make things better. But then on the other hand, I also know my history. So like, for instance, the Rodney King beating. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was, yeah, I sure do. So it's just, okay, are body cameras even going to do anything? But I was hopeful. 
That was helpful. And I think at first, when when it was first in the news a lot, I think I assumed or I was under the assumption that all police were going to have to wear them. And that is not true either. It was just if you wear them, it was more of a suggestion. Yeah, that's a great point. And it should have been, you all need to wear these. That is a great point. There were a lot of, I do remember a lot of instances, oh, the police officer did not have their camera activated or they turned off their camera or they were told to turn their camera off. IMPD didn't even have body cameras for a couple years after, I don't think. So it wasn't even something that they did right away. Actually, IMPD got their body cameras just last year in 2020. Crazy. Yeah. And I guess finally, but wow. So are there any pros and cons? What are the pros and cons to these body-worn cameras? <laughs> I definitely think a big pro, the probably the only pro that I can think of. It's evidence that everyone can see with their own eyes. Yeah, everyone can see it, but is the- are there any other pros? Because I also don't can't think of any. Yeah, and I only see that as a very soft pro. Like I think it's good. I think it's good that we can see what's going on, and I think that this can shine a light on a lot of things because it all was up until this point, your word versus another person's word. So this does offer that level of accountability, but um, it still definitely has a lot of flaws to it. Absolutely, I think so. From my research. Definitely the biggest con that I see from body cams is the cost of it all. Yeah. And I, it, it's not even the cost of the cameras themselves. And I thought this was interesting because it surprised me. The cost comes from the cloud storage for all of this video. Yeah, that was, I didn't know that either. For example, in Spokane, Washington, they pay roughly $320,000 per year in cloud storage fees alone. That is insane insane the body cameras themselves cost between 100 and 200 dollars typically but the cloud storage is exponentially higher i feel like it's like buying a printer like you buy a cheap printer and you pay loads for the ink (laughs) you buy a cheap body cam and you pay loads for the cloud storage yeah with the cloud storage being such a big expense a lot of police departments are raising their budgets or have raised their budgets to account for this technology. So for instance, Indianapolis police in 2020 spent $9.2 million to bring body cameras to the city. That is insane. Yeah. I haven't been able to find data about the ongoing costs with the cloud storage, but I'm sure it's quite high. That is such an insane amount of money. I definitely feel like at this point, point it's absolutely better for an officer to have a body cam for sure i also feel like they maybe they can spend less money on military tactics and (laughs) the big tanks that we've been seeing it's yeah so many areas are hurting so that we can pay for body cameras for a militant state (laughs) yeah and should we be increasing the budget or just reallocating funds exactly because really i in my in a perfect world we would defund and reallocate yeah absolutely so for me one another big flaw is definitely going to be the lack of accountability as we've been doing research and seeing lately in like the george floyd trial body cameras can be used at the officer's discretion they can turn them off and turn them on pretty much whenever they want to there's a big button on top they can just off on (laughs) and i don't think what if you know we could know 
what happened immediately after the Breonna Taylor stuff if they didn't turn their cameras off. Just so much information is lost by turning those cameras off. Yeah. Like, a great example of this is the murder of David McAtee in Louisville, Kentucky. June 1st, 2020, he was shot in his own restaurant by the Kentucky National Guard and LMPD during a protest for Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. So the big thing about this specific case, police officers did have body cameras and they were not turned on. Okay. So as a result of that, Mayor Greg Fisher, he fired the LMPD police chief, Steve Conrad, because it was just a huge systematic failure. So Louisville police recently updated their body camera policies. Now all officers are required to wear their body cameras during all operations like search warrants and any place where they're identifying themselves as police officers. I remember when that was in the news because how could they mess up so badly right after Breonna Taylor in the same city? How could they just mess up so badly, period? Period. So a lot of cities... A lot of police departments are following suit to what Louisville did and requiring their officers to turn on and keep on their cameras. But a lot of departments are still behind on that front. I think another big thing to note for me, a really huge con of these, of the body camera and the body camera footage. And maybe this is a pro and a con. I think it's good that we have access to basically being on essentially the front lines of the police force and to see to have that accountability but also having access to that accountability we have very easy access to digital lynchings and trauma porn we get to see these things very very up close and personal and that can be very that can be hard especially when you see it over and over again i'm sure yeah and especially in america and especially with the pandemic the there's a big lack of coping mechanisms there's not enough mental health care to go around for people that view these things on a consistent basis and it's just it's hard to escape it too because i know i've stumbled upon videos that i did not look for nor want to see but i saw them anyway because tiktok and because instagram yeah that's a good point we we definitely experience that all of this differently. Do you think it's taking a toll on your mental health? Or how does it make you feel? Um, I mean, it, it'd be hard to say that it didn't affect my mental health or anyone's mental health, really, right? Right. Um, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely hard just seeing people that look like your uncles, your cousins, your little cousins your female cousins and it's kind of like repetitive yeah and then we have these things that are recorded now on this body camera footage and i know a lot of people had high hopes that things would be better yeah but they don't really feel better um and then watching things happen over and over the same thing happen over and over and it's just not getting any better you know so i think it's 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 a hard thing to witness and then articulate. Um, What do you do to, what do you do to, for like your own mental health? What are some of your self-care, self-love things? 
So first and foremost, I do have someone that I talked to about this. Shout out to my Talkspace therapist. If okay. you don't have Talkspace, I highly recommend it. This isn't an ad. Or I therapist. wish we had ads. <laughs> if you can't get Talkspace, get find... I mean, this is definitely like privileged of us, but if you can afford mental health care, do it. Yeah, like um, talking with my therapist has been great just to not put that to not feel like I'm putting those feelings on my loved ones. But also talking with my loved ones is great just because I know we all see the same thing. That's good. I'm glad you have people. Plus you have Georgie. I do have Georgie. <laughs> Georgie's my dog and she's been great. <laughs> she is great. She is um, great. But yeah, it's, it, it is hard just knowing. Um, I'm a little nervous sometimes, especially when there is a another hashtag floating around yeah i don't want to have to stumble upon another police body cam video but again i'm glad that the police body cam videos are here because at least it at least gives us a shot at accountability right um and i'll i'll keep fighting for that until we abolish the police altogether see ya we don't need them don't don't need them at all (laughs) Taking a step in police accountability by having these body cams, it's just that, a step towards accountability. We still have to, you know, keep holding the police accountable for their actions and how they treat civilians. I'm also buying myself a body cam after doing all this research. I know. I found some online for under $50, so I'm definitely going to check them out. Absolutely. Wow, so this was... This was an interesting topic to kind of dive into, and I'm I'm glad that we did. Yeah, I am too. I it was interesting. I liked learning a lot more. I didn't really know a lot of that stuff about body cameras. I knew they were pretty new, but I didn't know the rest. So I enjoyed. I didn't know that cloud storage was just so such a big industry. Yeah, I didn't either. I also didn't know it cost so much. Yeah, I pay like two ninety nine on my Apple on my iPhone. I, I do pay for cloud storage too. <laughs> I only pay two ninety nine. I had no idea it was like millions of dollars. Yeah. So I do look forward to our next topic. What are we talking about? Our next episode, we are going to talk about tech in schools. And Maya's a teacher, so she would know. And you're also a parent, so you would know too. I definitely, I know a little bit about this side. Yeah. It was crazy and it was hard and I'm excited to dive into it. And it was crazy and it was stressful <laughs> and I'm excited to dive into it. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at getjustice. Also, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about or if you want to just say hello, send us an email to hello at getjusticepodcast.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and share us with your friends. You're listening to Get Justice Podcast, where two activists talk tech, culture, and social justice issues.